This is a Four Sevens Network podcast. Foursevens.com. The Sniffer. What did you just do to the mini disc? I just turned the volume up. So we could hear if you were making the thing I'm rattle. not making it rattle, <laughs> I swear. I used to love this my This is like mind. the early days when I was engendering learned helplessness in you. I know. You do this, what, every year or so? Are you on your <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, guess what I have? What? A robot update! Whoa. We haven't done robots for a little while. No, we haven't. I saw this. It's a, a clip, and you guys really, really must go to our webpage and take a look at this, because it's this android by the name of Jules, who has just been turned off to be shipped to the University of West England for AI development and cognitive scientific research. And what's so interesting about this guy is he, well, he kind of looks like, or the, I see I say guy already, or this because he looks like a man. Mm-hmm. He looks like Kevin Spacey, actually. Mm-hmm. Didn't you bit, think? Yeah. yeah, he's supposed to be kind of androgynous, but he, he he's does very, look sort he of... He looks like a yeah. man. But it's weird. It's like he, the back of his head's like all blown off. I think that's to demonstrate that it's actually a robot, because I have to say, when I first went and looked at the video... You thought... At Better Humans, I thought... Kathy's Kathy. fawn, fallen for another <laughs> hoax, right? <laughs> I did. Nora! <laughs> I'm sorry. People are going to think I'm a terrible bitch. No! Because <laughs> <laughs> it is uncanny. Like, talk yeah. about things falling in the uncanny valley. It is yeah. at the point of being fascinating, but also kind of creepy. Well, I know, because what's interesting is that like, he's saying goodbye. And he's saying, especially to d- his creator, which whose name is David Hansen, who's um, quite a big shot in the world of androids, yeah. and especially humanistic androids. Mm, highly realistic. Yeah. Jules is saying, I'm bi. I'm going to. He's kind of got a bit of an accent. He's but- saying he's bi? He said, no, (laughs) he's saying goodbye, Nora. (laughs) And he says goodbye to Hanson's daughter as well. And she kind of reaches out and touches his face. And it's amazing the level of anthropomorphization that has gone into the creation of this guy, Mm -hmm. this android. And it just made me wonder. I thought, it is creepy. Because, but part of me thinks like, why are we doing this? Why do we feel the need to do this? The other part of me was thinking, you know, man, if you could build... A perfect friend who would never leave you, never hurt you, never let you down. Maybe this is what the, the direction that we're going. Would you want you one want like to replace that? me on the sniffer? Isn't <laughs> that? The, the android Nora, who doesn't bitch at me about the cord, who just solves the problem late at night when it doesn't need to sleep. No, but could you imagine that? Would you ever want to have that? You know, I think it's very interesting that Hansen also designed a highly realistic robot model to look like the late sci-fi writer Philip K. Dick, because this is a real Philip K. Dick type of scenario, right? Yeah. And, you know, like, what it's, I guess that's that question of what do you want, say, a friend or a companion to be for? Is it just to mirror back what you already are, or is it to develop some other relationship that exists between you? And can you have a relationship with something that can't give back. It's the same sort of thing as like with pets. It's like part of me is very frustrated by how we feel the need to anthropomorphize like that and to connect like that and to sort of be act like God over these creatures. But yet the other part of me can completely understand it. You, you could have somebody, best friend who would never die. Like someone who would always be there. I know it's creepy, but it's kind of neat too. What do you guys, what do you folks think? I'm calling everybody guys today. <laughs> guys, hey guys. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I, think it's, I think it's fascinating that they can do it, that they're ready to have that level of sophistication because it really does look 
almost entirely human. But I do think that that um, impulse, I think it speaks to something extremely deep in human beings. But What, the God complex? I think we are so deeply insecure about our feelings of being truly human that we creating those robots somehow I think kind of allays a little bit of that anxiety or allows us to play with that anxiety of course I really am a robot (laughs) I know (laughs) that's why I like you so much (laughs) so now what did you have today Uh, well something that I have to say this is not really new but uh, just another new story that was in the New York Times just talking about new studies about multitasking and we all kind of I think have that sense that when you're multitasking or moving to really really rapidly from job to job from um, you know checking email to answering voicemail to instant messaging to writing something that you're not really being that efficient but actually yeah. they now have done this whole other suite of tests around it and and the uh, cognitive scientist who researched this at the University of Michigan was saying this is his quote multitasking is going to slow you down increase the chances of mistakes um, disruptions and interruptions are a bad deal from the standpoint of our ability to process information. So again, not really new, but I think that we kind of, and I have to say, when I look at myself and how I work, mm-hmm. I really tend to multitask when I'm not really into what it is that I'm doing, and uh, secretly I'm trying to kind of procrastinate or get away from it at the same time. And last week when I was really, really busy, yeah. I had to actually like marshal out every little bit of my time and really focus on doing this, clear it off the desk, do this, clear it off the desk. And I think I was way, way more efficient. Robot Nora. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I, I noticed that when I'm up at the farm, because here on high speed, I just, the email peeps and you're just yeah. right in there. And apparently, actually, I read that article that you sent. It takes 15 minutes after you've been distracted from by an email to get back to the level of concentration that you were at before your attention was taken away. Isn't that amazing? I probably never concentrate then. Cause I know. I, you know. They recommend it because I, I know up at the farm, I'll say I can't stand it to do it. Like I have to do it once an hour. Because yeah, you're on dial-up there. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I couldn't wait any longer than that. But they actually, ironically enough, that's a time that they recommend. Okay, if you can't do it, if you can't do it like once or twice a day, if it has to be all the time, at least make it once an hour. Mm-hmm. And then that's sort of your little natural break. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's what all the productivity experts say, right? Is don't don't constantly let yourself um, be distracted by those little things. Focus on the big things first. Well, whose big idea was it that we're all supposed to be multitasking anyway? <laughs> Remember when it came down that it was a great way to get all this stuff done? And, and moms, I think it was, well, blame it on the moms. <laughs> like, moms multitask? <laughs> well, they did, yeah. But, I mean, don't you think it's partly an empl- a feature of employment? Like, if you work in any type of office, there used to be a person whose job it was to essentially ad- be the administrator, to take care of all those administrative things. But yeah. now people have to do that on their own. That's true. It's like, okay, yeah, before we used to have, you know, secretaries. Yeah. Oh, I would love to have a secretary. Bye. Bye. <laughs>